it's it's uh, it's me. It's Alex. It's Nabushin. It's Fireside Chats. I remember that part. <laughs> uh, and we're uh, we're continuing where we left off. Hopefully, uh, talking about the this last decade of video games. Um, has anything come back to you since we talked last? Of like, oh, we got to talk about this that we totally missed. Um, like I still wanted to talk about like uh, you know, the respective uh, video game companies, obviously, and like um, mm-hmm. where they were, where they're at now, and where they'll be in the future. Also, I still wanted to talk about the uh, uh, just like the remasters we got for um, this generation, and like um, where can we yeah. go for from here? In fact, I, I, I'd like to start off from that actually. Sure. Where I like it's weird because we are in that point where we're talking about next generation, right? Twenty twenty. Uh, I, I, you, if you listened, you heard what I think is going to be the big word uh, of twenty twenty um, from Phil Spencer at the Game Awards. Do you remember it, Nabushin? The I, one word I forgot, honestly. <laughs> Entitlements. Okay, I think it's going to be the big word because we're we're talking about. Um, essentially the license that you own if you, let's say, bought something digitally on your Xbox One, uh, if if you log in the same account on an Xbox Series X and it can technically play that game and maybe it's available for download from the same store, do you just own that game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... We're, we're going to... And if if that works out, right, if, if your entitlements do carry over, um, which, you know, Phil Spencer said that, in that specific quote that he was trying to make that a thing, like entitlements carrying forward. Uh, I think we, we will, it will be the end of the remaster. Um, at mm. least like, uh, obviously there's, there's stuff that's going to, that hasn't been brought forward. That's going to get brought forward. Dead space, mass effect. I have a feeling those things will get remasters. The, Cause EA is late to the party. <laughs> um, but like, if you just own all of your PS4 games on your PS5, then you don't need a an HD remaster. Like everyone's talking about, like, oh yeah, Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima, they're gonna re-release on PS5 and all that within that first year. I'm like, no, I think they're gonna let you just have those if you bought them digitally. Yeah, I agree. You can uh-huh. put your disc into your PS5 and it'll just work. It'll be a slightly better version of that game, et cetera, et cetera. So. It's it's funny you bring this up. This is what I've been thinking about. <laughs> yeah. um, the end of the remaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're there, but I also think we're we're still kind of far behind because, like, I feel like in this generation, compared to like where we were with PS3, 360, even Wii, that like that generation kind of like mostly because we could. Well, we did have backwards compatibility back then, but like, um, but I felt that there, like, there was respect for the older video games more last generation than was this generation. As far as sure. like just bringing back like almost anything, like you'll get like a Katamari Damacy like remaster or something like that. You didn't get that. You got Katamari forever, but like it's, I'm I'm basically saying like you would get stuff that you wouldn't think get remastered and just brought into like Okami. Okami was something like I believe more got remastered last generation than I would this generation. Even though it did, it was the support from the last generation, but like. Like if it was if it wasn't for um last generation, I don't think that would have been like been one of the picks to come out this generation. Like maybe yeah. maybe more of like something like a an RE remake, maybe that fashion, but like I don't think it would be like something that would have been the choice 
Cause like, cause, you know, I always think about you and me always talk about beautiful Joe and stuff like that. Like, I think it missed its window. So, like, when yeah, we go when we get to when we go to the next generation, like, I don't, I don't ever expect like a view from Beautiful Joe remaster. It it depends on like Nintendo has yet to do anything like big with the GameCube, right? So like there could be like a a GameCube thing or like hey we're bringing GameCube Virtual Console to whatever you know whatever platform. So like there's a possibility there's like a but it wouldn't be a remaster. It wouldn't be like the, an HDification. I think mm-hmm. you're right. I, like I I've thought so many times that I feel like Beautiful Joe missed its time. Uh, and it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it breaks my heart to think that. Mm-hmm. I'll never be able to play Beautiful Joe Two co-op. <laughs> my one, my one dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I and Okami was it's one that you bring up that like I remember waiting for that, like the PS3 version of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I think it was just rumored for a while, and that was like one that's like, man, I know this game would benefit so much from from being remastered. Uh, and that was like a weird one where like the PS3 version of that game, like they they made it in 4K and they rendered it down, and so like that actually made it easier to port to everything else. Why it's on everything else, um, which is like weird. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think you're you're right. Like we the PS3 era that that was like the time for bundle remaster groups, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Bianca and Neo. Even that game, I yeah. Uh, and like other little things like that. Um, no, Billy Hatcher. Billy Hatcher also missed the window. Mm, I'm, not sure. I'm gonna let you know. Another Sega franchise <laughs> is gonna unfortunately go the way of the dodo. Um, yeah, but like we saw like the Ratchet and Clank collection and the, the Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper, a lot of like these group remasters, and now they're just trying to sell you each game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's just not the game that they're playing. Like the most recent bundle remaster I can think of is the Bioshock one, right? So Right. It's been a while. That's like twenty seventeen, I think. Uh so I but we've seen like uh Assassin's Creed three remaster came out this year for no reason and Rogue I think came out last year. Um so like we'll see these weird individual remasters now. But it it is a different thing. And I think that's just partly because the jump to HD was way more significant than PS3 to PS4, etc. For sure. Um, um, so, um, what what do you think is like the next big remake? Then, um, like, cause, like we, we talked about this before about like Banjo Redoey. <laughs> Here yeah, we are, novice. Yeah, that 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 is the one. I feel. I feel like that. Like, if you're talking about like the Sly Cooper Crash Bandicoot, like that era, that kind of remake, then yeah, I think Banjo Kazooie is totally it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel that. Dino Crisis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, um, like I, I'm thinking about like, uh, cause like, like I said, we talked about this before about like, like the important like remakes for like modern gen. Like you, you could say like Metal Gear Solid, and you could say like, um, even Resident Evil Four at this point. But like, 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 would it make sense for something like Mario sixty four to be like remastered? Yeah, I, I think like this is where we're like we fall on two sides of the fence. Or remake, I remember just correctly. Yeah. yeah, I like I think I I would love to see a Mario sixty four remake, right? Um something like with the, the fidelity of Odyssey, but like that game again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like those controls obviously with hopefully better camera controls, but that that kind of game, right? Like, you know, Mario doesn't punch in other games really anymore, so like stuff like that I would want preserved. 
I like I I know a lot of people that are specifically like anti that. They think like the kind of of the time jank is like perfect, and I I respect that. I do. I I don't. I do not agree with it, but I, <laughs> I respect it. Uh, that's the game I think would would benefit a lot. But like we've also talked about Ocarina of Time. Like either of those games. Yeah, I uh, I think that's just a matter of time. That's the one. Yeah, that's the that's the that's, that's the panic button. Just like Square with like yeah, Final Fantasy VII. That's <laughs> that's Nintendo's panic, panic button. button. <laughs> yeah, like Square is like liquid now. They're like, all right, we're good. We hit the panic button. We're saved now. Like we're gonna be fine. We got like three of these Final Fantasy VII games. We got them on the hook. Um, but yeah, that is totally Nintendo's. Like, all right, remake Ocarina of Time. It'll sell money. <laughs> Make a Switch bundle, announce it tomorrow, and we will sell through the roof. Yeah, totally. But, like, also, I would love to see, like, a younger team, like, totally reimagine that game. Like, if they remade that game, I think it would be, like, a total, a totally different video game that just follows the same thread. Mm, yeah, uh, see, I'm thinking about that, too. You know Nintendo's weird about remakes. Yeah, because, like, if you think about, like, the, the 3DS version, like, that was, that's, essentially the same game just like just with the little totem things everywhere but like they even kept the, the same janks from that uh the original version just so like i guess it would please like um the diehard fans so like yeah if you do like whatever that what was it that um unreal unreal engine version of like <laughs> ocarina yeah, of time that was another few years ago like um would you have to make it that janky still no like the thing is i just don't think nintendo would ever just like doll up that game i i think that they know that that is a disservice to that game Mm -hmm. because straight up like that game holds up you can go play ocarina of time on an n64 and i think you will have a good time generally you know obviously some things aren't gonna be great but um so i i think if they're gonna revisit ocarina of time specifically it would be a full like hey we have a new team they're reimagining each and every dungeon in this game Hyrule Field's going to be generally the same. Point A to point B is going to be generally the same, but this is going to be a whole new thing for new and old fans alike. Um, and I think, like, because I think Link's Awakening was enough of a shrouded gem that you can, like, get away with just doing that game again. Uh-huh. And they added a little bit of stuff there, but everyone everyone has played Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Everyone, everyone in the world has played it. <laughs> Babies come out the womb with an N64 controller in their hand. Uh, yeah, I... So I, I think you you got to do something more special for that game. Here, the, you just reminded me of something. Like, uh, cause I think the big thing about like, um, actually, I just forgot it again. And like, no, because like, oh, it was, a, it was a big thing. It was like a big big deal type of thing. And I can't remember. Um, Sly Cooper Five. <laughs> we're bringing, we're we're going back. No, it was like um, uh, God, it was something about like uh, oh, I remember again. I remember like um, this was I, I think it was like years ago. Like the reason why Square said like um they didn't really want to make a Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, like in a real sense. Like, after, after like I think it was after they... Um, so, yeah, it was, like, wasn't, like, the expectation was, like, impossible. No, that's Half-Life 3. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, yeah, that's me thinking that. it was basically that, though, because, like, um... So, like, because, like, like, if you think about, like, where it was... What was it, 1997 it came out? Uh, The original Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. 97 or 98. Yeah, like, when that originally came out, like, um... You, you know, like... That game shot for the stars, and, like, it was, like, you know, like, maybe, like, the highest budget game of that time and stuff like that, and it's, like, to do that, and like, in a modern sense, like, like, when you think about, like, Final Fantasy VII and how broken you can make that game, like, yeah, 
like I'm not really necessarily concerned about that because like that's not how I'm going to play that game. But like I wonder if that's a concern for people like eventually when it gets to that point um, uh, with Final Fantasy VII. But anyway, like um, like I think about games that like had like huge ambitions for like where it was back in that day and like if they can do it in a modern sense in a way if you know, if you know what I'm saying like something like I guess like a a Suikoden two. Or like it has like all those main all those characters you can have and like all the party members and like have all their stories mean something and stuff like that. So like you do that in a modern sense, so that means you would have like like a huge cast list and like all of them have voice acting and all of them have the backstories and like doing all that stuff for a modern video games and a modern video game budgets and like you know like because it's not something that like it's like a a side project unless you like give it to like an indie dev or something like that. It has to be something that has to shoot for the stars for the no- for the normal to release sense, I should say. So like, like I wonder like if that's the concern for like like if you do like let's let's say Metal Gear Solid for example like um obviously they remade that game with um uh, Twin Snakes but like in a modern video game sense with the with the with the Fox engine trying to do something similar with Cyclomantis but like in a different way um like I don't know like I I just I'm curious to like a, a game that was like. You know, like maybe like a million dollars when it first came out to, just to make that game. That has to be something like fifty million dollars, and to make it like uh trying to grab some of those ambitions while do something different while also staying the same. Like I just, I'm just curious, like how how that can work this day in age. Yeah, I I think like Chrono Trigger is another one of those games. Yeah, th- that I like, and it's funny like fans were making that like fan made. 3D version of that game that looked cool and it was just like you know basically a 3D version of that game like all the environments rendered out um and I think that's another one of and that that's not too ambitious like that I don't think that's too much to ask but if you're gonna do it you just gotta you gotta go like huge on it which is like why Final Fantasy 7 remake is I think so satisfying to see it's like okay yeah there's just like they're throwing all of the money against the wall right mm-hmm. like and I know, like, to some people, it's like, ugh, like, this aesthetic, this whatever, like, but it is, like, the most, like, hey, we're going to deliver, we're going to put you in this world, like, we're going to take you to the, the earth of Final Fantasy VII in a way that you've just never been there before, and I think that's so exciting. And, and like, obviously more dialogue with the characters to make them more real for a more real world and all that stuff, so. that's But that's a special case where it seems like they're doing everything right, like, we're talking about like doing a game like Sweet in today or doing a game like Chrono Trigger today or Metal Gear, even especially Metal Gear Solid today. It's like you, you have so many like eagle eyes on you of like any mistake that you make or anything people interpret to be not true to how it was, mm-hmm. but like just trying to make a project kind of inspired by something like that. I mean, right. Like, it's not a team of like twenty four Japanese dudes that like probably worked eighty hour work weeks to get all this dialogue for all these unique, interesting side characters in this game that was in the grand scheme of things a lot smaller than people took credit for, right? Like Yeah. That is how a lot of those golden era JRPGs are made, I imagine. Nothing's gonna live up to that. <laughs> not 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 a modern way, yeah. Mm. Uh but like I don't know. People people were into stuff like Octopath Traveler and and uh, maybe Bravely Default too. So maybe those people are getting that itch scratched. I think you and I, if we're like more <laughs> more needy or more contemporary, like we're getting Final Fantasy VII remake. So uh, 
everyone wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like looking at the last ten years, like also there's a lot of people that have come and gone. Uh, like we lived, th- we lived the Jack Trenton era. It's over. Yeah, it ha- it all happened so fast. We didn't appreciate him while we had him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, but we've also like this is the end of the Reggie era, you know. At least Reggie is a part of Nintendo. Yeah, um, was this decade and uh, Iwata obviously a huge loss. Uh, like and don't forget Don Matrick. and Don Matrick, Yeah, the hair he hair flipped right over to Zynga. Uh, and I and like Phil Harrison too to some extent. Like also coming back uh, <laughs> with Stadia and all that. Like like it's interesting. Uh, like all of the names that we learned over the years. Like uh. Um, and that they're all still in video games in a weird way. Like, yeah, all these people some ways, are still around. Like Peter Moore and um, God, what's his name? Uh, the 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 CEO of um EA before uh, Peter Moore. No, before Peter Moore, it was yeah. A, I don't. I can't remember. Ricatella, John Ricatella. Yeah, John Ricatella. Yeah. How could we forget the evangelist of uh, <laughs> Death Space and Mirror's Edge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the true fighting for true gamers' rights. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, man, like, and and like the tonal shift of like, and and that's just businesses as a whole. I think across all media and all all things are like CEOs and 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 people that we should know or would know like yeah we're seeing that with sony right now because like we're, we're seeing yeah we've seen, seen all of them yeah we've seen it from jack trenton to like more or less shuhei and like um adam boys but like um then we had sean layton and then like mm-hmm. after sean we have um jim ryan who's been there forever and every time i every time he talks like he's always like he always seems like the idiot of sony <laughs> as far as like yeah. a ceo and the stuff he says and then now he's the president so and it's it, like it's, okay it sucks because yeah. like, he, he, he might just be like the guy that got the short end of the stick that had to kind of deliver the the poorly written message but mm-hmm. like it is just like a bad look to come into i mean like look, every every time he talks <laughs> like it's always I know, something <laughs> dude, i'm totally with you i mean andrew uh andrew house also gone right? yeah like that was he was a huge part of sony for decades and you know he retired mm-hmm. uh he had he he like had to go out on top after that kojima video where he just talked japanese to kojima and, like showed everyone what's up <laughs> um yeah it, it's like all these people are gone and and also like there's just so much more responsibility on these people to like have a good to show like safe face for for everyone who's watching right as opposed to like at, in 2010 an E3 press conference was like the most disingenuous garbage you'd ever seen, right? Like, <laughs> and we were we were at the tail end of that. I think like peak that is like 2006, 2007, obviously. Right. But um, like Wonderbook was 2010, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, we started the decade off with that, you know. Um, and and we've total 180, like on the complete opposite side. Like Phil Spencer out there, like. You believe everything that he says, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or at least we do, because we're huge Phil Spencer fans. Uh, and and like when Sony is like, we're gonna let the game speak for themselves, and like they take a kind of more subtle touch. Like that stuff, I, I think, speaks volumes to how savvy the people are there, and and like there there's more more just being a genuine part of the community, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, PSX happened, and Sean Layden, Adam Boys are just walking around, shaking hands, kissing babies. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that the people that sometimes make those financial decisions 
that determine whether or not a game is going to keep being made or get canceled get to meet the people that are fans of those studios and want those studios to make cool stuff. Uh, that kind of interconnectivity is like what makes video games special uh, as an industry, I think. For sure. And there's been like way more of that this year, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But it is, yeah, like no more Andrew House, no more Satoru Iwata. Mm-hmm. Reggie's out of Nintendo. Like it, we're we're also like in a little bit of a transition. And Sean Layton, obviously, this year, like right. very quietly gone <laughs> off screen, uh, never to be seen from again. Like that's so a bummer that we'll never get like a goodbye to Sean Layden in a Sony press conference is like actually a really big bummer for me. Right. Uh, Cause Andrew house and, and Jack Trenton both had a goodbye. Right. Um, and, and I would say Reggie had his a goodbye in his own way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We're, we're in a, a guard a shifting of the guard now. Uh, so we'll see And next generation and like the things that follow are going to be different. Yeah. Uh, video games yeah <laughs> for sure um but like thinking about like uh next generation like um like like how how do you feel like um the companies have like grown over the years like um i mean obviously we could talk about xbox forever and, and we've done that forever so um yeah. but like um like I, I think about like where sony was to where what it became to where it is now and where it can go from the future it's like um, you know, like, like the the studio, like Sony started out just like being the studio, just like making first party studio, first party games, and like them not really selling, but like they just did it, and like, and eventually they just did it enough, so like eventually it's like sure, like everyone just pays attention to them, and like, and people like actually started to like their stuff. Um, by the, I mean like the mass majority as far as like um their games and stuff like that. Um, and then like uh. You know, obviously, they started their really big push on indies, like, to have the indies kind of, like, kind of give them the kickstart for PS4 to, like, have games on it until their first-party studios got the point, and they kind of just dropped them after that. And then, and now it's, like, um, now that they're in the lead, and, like, they're the, they're the AAA studio, um, or AAA company, I should say, like, all the third parties go to them, they're the first system that you played on, stuff like that, um... Now it's like I'm just wondering where they'll go from from here because like I think I think now that they they they're aware of like of what what they were for the last couple of years and like they're trying to like readjust for that like making Shuhei like the indie uh, representation um, now which is like a great move for them and like mm-hmm. um uh and just like trying to get about face as far as like um as far as their system and like um where they want um that what PlayStation to be in the next few years. Um, I don't know. I'm just like thinking out loud. It's like I, I think they, I think they they grown. They were they regressed, and then they're trying to like grow back again before the next generation just starts up again. At least that's how it feels like. Yeah, they're like they're like on a teetering pole, right? Like mm-hmm. they could kind of fall either way, and it's it's tough because like I don't think they meant to put themselves in this position right when like no. Xbox has literally everything going for it, like. I don't think anyone is saying anything negative about them right now and like uh like big things at the very least, right? Like obviously they, they still are struggling to have those first party games that people really want. Um but like Sony's also struggling to deliver those in a like a consistent way. Um in only in that like obviously like Days Gone came out this year, things like that, but like mm-hmm. Days Gone also was not 
at the same tier bar as God of War, which was, in my opinion, not at the same bar as like Uncharted Four, which won't be the same as Last of Us Part Two, right? Like they're mm-hmm. a little sporadic; it's a little all over the map, and I, I, I that's fine. I think there should there should be some difference between these games because sometimes they seem to bleed together a little bit, right? Um, but like they also like announce these things and there's just years and years and years and like i know i've I've talked about this over the last many years on the podcast of like i'm so frustrated with like how sony announces and dates things like it just doesn't make any logical sense i think and they they hurt those games in the long run so my hope is that them kind of going quiet on everything that they're working with ps5 like game wise is them kind of recentering themselves and hopefully getting ready to start off strong like you know, if Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is, is a launch title and they've been, like, keeping that really, really close to the chest and they're like, hey, like, we're going to come out the gate with a really strong launch with games that we believe in and all your entitlements will carry forward, et cetera, et cetera. That, like, they are poised to take a little bit of what Xbox is doing right um, and and kind of, like, also incorporate that into their brand. I just don't think they like to do that, you know? Mm. They're, they're, they're very, like, ivory tower uh, and they, they've they've grown into that over the last four years, I think. It's just, and that's that's the bummer part. I, mean, I think that's what we're kind of talking around is like, they just <laughs> Sean Layden's gone for no good reason. Shuhei has a different position. We don't really have a lot of answers. Adam Boy's left. You know, John Drake left. All these people leave. Um, that we know were part of like really cool things at Sony. Like you know, Adam Boy's was probably a very essential part of that indie showcase where they had those six indies on their E3 press conference stage uh, and they're just not there anymore so like and we have no reason to believe anyone that is there is going to be doing those kinds of things except for maybe Shuhei right so like it, they are in a in an ivory tower kind of position where I don't necessarily believe that they're going to do cool things because they just seem kind of antagonistic in, a, in an uncool way Um, but maybe like I said they're recentering themselves so that way they can have like a new face that will show like the next generation with a better vibe about it um, than the one that this was kind of started on, which was like the, hey, well, you can't do that over here. There, you can do it over here, and we're better. And <laughs> like that, I think that vibe just kind of because video game communities make everything toxic. Right. <laughs> sometimes like that just became a kind of toxic ivory tower vibe over over the years and and i don't think that's the right energy to start things off with and that's why phil spencer's out there like again shaking hands and like saying like hey all games are great we like all games like i hope nintendo does well i hope playstation does well um and he's trying to start start off with a very welcoming vibe and i appreciate that uh-huh. but yeah they've they're like they 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 were really a roller coaster 2010 was uh the first year playstation plus started Right, and that was like their their ascent into 2013, uh, and then like obviously that rose into 2016, probably, and only recently. I mean, obviously financially they're doing phenomenally still, but like vibe check wise, they, that's when they've started to descend again into like this kind of. I don't really know who's there anymore, and I don't know. I don't trust the people that are there right now. Yeah, uh, and obviously you should never trust people in companies because all they care about is money, or that's what the internet will tell you. Uh, but I think that you build that that trust with like what you say, what you do, uh, and they they burned a lot of that trust with with a lot of the things they did over the last couple of years. It makes me wonder, like, I mean, obviously we're enthusiasts, so like, um, we know the ins and outs, and we know like, uh, 
you know, like how the like how things are going for the for the most part, and like uh, you make educate guesses on that. But like, I wonder if like, as far as like just the general public, like, it, like and, and I mean like in the worldwide sense too, like how, like how much PlayStation is dominating? Because like I I feel like they're dominating a lot to the point where it's like, like they're. Like I gave like Game Pass to, like a bunch of people, like a bunch of my friends for like for Christmas this year because like they 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 haven't really heard about it, and like they don't know the the value of it, they don't know like um the benefits of it. Like I gave it to my nephew this year, who was like, oh yeah, I, I see it, I see it on my Xbox all the time, but like I don't really pay attention to it. And it's like, no, it was a really good deal, and I gave it for him for Christmas. And he's like, oh yeah, there's like hundreds of games, like thank you and stuff like that. So like um, I mean he only he only has an Xbox, so like you know that's like the only thing he has. So like of course he's all uh, he'll eat that up, but like um. See how like PlayStation is like two thirds of or uh, yeah, almost two thirds of like um the consoles like at least in the U.S. as far as like sales or maybe that's where what I can't remember. But like um like they have such a they have such a head start for the next generation just because like they have the brand recognition and like if they had backwards compatibility like which obviously I think they will hopefully and like yeah. um like they have. They're they're pretty much carrying all those people over for the most part because like you know you have your old games if people care about old games and like um it's almost it's almost the same as like Game Pass but like obviously not the same thing but it's like is is Game Pass that it's like you have your games <laughs> that you already had just in case you ever want to go back to them again so like it's, it's a weird thing it's like like because like Xbox Xbox has such a good deal as far as like what people if for the for the people who are educated like it's like it's obvious like if you're going to the next generation I feel like getting an Xbox of some sort is, like, an essential thing as far as, like, where you get, like, the Lockhart or the, um, the, uh, or the, uh, Series X. Like, like, why wouldn't you? Like, like, it's, like, you're gonna be set no matter what and you're gonna get, like, basically the best games. And, like, and there is such a head start as far as, like, with the, we're getting, like, the, um, the new studios and, like, uh, I feel like they know what they're doing for the most part. So, like, um, so, like, they're, like, they're, like, day one as far as the next generation. Like, you're set. And, like, I feel PlayStation, as far as, like, people who don't are in the know, and just, like, you know, like, playing, like, Last of Us remastered on P- PS4 just to play the multiplayer is just enough for me. Like, I'm I'm just, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have said the same thing from 360 to Xbox One, though, right? Of, like, yeah, they flubbed this, but, like, everyone's just going to kind of go forward, right? Like, all their stuff's there, but... Mm. Um, I guess it is different when backwards compatibility is like a conversation out the gate, right? Right. Which presumably it will be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like I- I'm of two minds. One is that maybe you're right, and maybe like everyone who has a PS4 will just get a PS5, or at least like those two million or whatever up front that are going to do it. Two or two to five, two to ten million or whatever. Um, and they're going to be in day one in that first year, and it's going to be very successful for them. But I think, like, there's there's a chance that the conversation is, oh, yeah, well, on Xbox, like, regardless if this is your first one or not, like, you you get in, you get three months of Game Pass with the console, you have mm-hmm. hundreds of games out the gate. Like, doesn't matter, like, you know, if Halo Infinite presumably is an Xbox Game Pass game, which it will be, right? like, you buy the console, the console most definitely will come with a month minimum of Game Pass for free. It's like cool. You get Halo with every edition of this console, and like to, I know that's a mouthful, and I'm sure Phil Spencer's gonna figure out a better way to tell that to people. But 
like, hey, come in, like, you know, join the fun. Like, here's your Mario 64. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you get Game Pass Ultimate for free. You get gold and Game Pass, you know, come play multiplayer Halo Infinite. Like, at the very least, you can try it. And, like, I assume there will be other things, like, also on Game Pass, also day one. So it's like, you get that this exclusive that's like just like the most powerful console whatever here it is on this thing and then also all these old games all the xbox one games that are still in game pass that you can just play and they're gonna look better and run better and have better load times here right like there's totally a way to swing that of like it doesn't matter if you've not had xbox before everyone coming in is going to be coming in at a great place mm. and like they've built such an infrastructure like how tantalizing an offer of that is that obviously like genuinely like oh, i've never had an xbox before and i can just buy one and at least for that first month i can play anything online and i have access to hundreds of games you know i'll give it a shot why not uh-huh. you know like it's such a good deal um that i think over time we could see like the series x uh, pulling like a PS3 where it just like slowly catches up in the background, right? Because people are just realizing like, oh, like this is great, and I get this for free if I get it, and like this and that. Like, I, I totally see that happening. Uh-huh. Uh, and and like, it's tougher when you have the baggage that the Xbox One had. Um, but if they had more time with this generation, I, I think they might have been able to do that as well. Uh, if they've gotten more exclusives out, but like, we're already making that transition now, so hopefully they'll just have more games so you can only get there and that'll get those people over. Uh, it, it makes me wonder if like, um, maybe they did things out of order in a way. Whereas like, cause you know, like in the, um, like a few years ago, like, um, the whole like thing about Xbox was like, Oh, you get all the Xbox exclusives are on Xbox and PC. So like, that was like kind of like things like, why well, get an Xbox? So I could just be on PC. But like if they had like Game Pass first and then did the Xbox and PC thing, I think that that would like been like the paradigm shift, like a good way. I mean, like hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but like um, it's what twenty twenty is all about. Basically, <laughs> it's all about hindsight. <laughs> Has anybody tweeted uh, that out yet? <laughs> yeah, I my my twenty twenty catchphrase is twenty twenty eyes on the prize. Gotcha. Uh, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of that one. No, I haven't seen anyone using that one. So, uh, what's the McElroy, um saying? We don't know yet. Okay, okay. I, this is the first time I thought of my own original one before the Macaroys have theirs. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what theirs is going to be. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they did that on this week's episode. But what, what was 2019? 2019. Uh, oh God. Was it? It, ni- it was like. I- Ian said it was nice teens for him, but like, I don't know if they said the same thing. <laughs> no, it was. I do not remember of it off the top of my head, but it was. It was very long. <laughs> I remember it was a long one, which is probably why I don't remember it off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, uh, twenty serpentine is the last one I like vividly remember, <laughs> which was twenty seventeen, which is like uh, you're, <laughs> twenty serpentine colon zag on him because <laughs> you got a zigzag. Um. And you've been zigging your whole life. It's time to zag. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, totally unrelated uh, to get us back on track. I don't know what you were saying. Uh, if if you were building to a question or not. I don't oh, remember. I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Uh, we didn't talk about Nintendo at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo is obviously doing pretty all right right now. Mm-hmm. Um some say can do no wrong currently, and I think they're doing fine. I I wouldn't go that far. Um, 
they've they've clearly got it figured out as far as like the pace at which they want to move to push out their games, and that's great. Um, I mean, they did the smartest thing, where it's like they just made their portable division and their um, console division just one thing, and just like release on one thing, I should say. So like you know, now it seems like they have a consistent game like almost every month, which is a great great idea. Yeah, and we like we were talking about that for a long time, and like then they were always like, "Oh no, don't worry, the 3ds is still around." Until so, like you know, this is kind of like the last year for it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we're actually starting to see the dividends of that, and it's been cool. Like I think Luigi's Mansion Three is is one of those kinds of games where it's like, yeah, like they worked on the 3ds Luigi's Mansion Two. Like let's give them more time, more money, uh, and they put out that game, which is great. Uh, Bravely Default Two is totally uh, like I think that kind of game. Uh, where it would have been like a handheld game, and now it's like, all right, well, let's give them more time, give them more money, make it a big budget Switch game, and it'll do well, and people like it because Octopath Traveler did well. So, yeah, like I, I think it's cool that we actually have seen how that idea would pay off, and it is paying off in a good way. Uh, versus like the games that are coming out being a little bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, like Wii U was just such a rough, rough point, <laughs> and like, the, and that's like the whole middle of this last decade for them. Uh, and they just, you know, they weren't doing well for a while, for a long time. Uh, and now they're doing very well. So, um, I, I wonder if Nintendo is just going to keep like super high peaks, super low valleys, like just nothing but, uh, really sharp changes from time to time. Yeah. Let's I see. I'm wondering like, um, when's the next time they'll get like actually risky? Cause like as, as of right now, they're being... Not necessarily safe, but like, because uh, they, you know, like they, they change some of their franchises or, well, they, they, they use a safe franchise and they, they experiment with it a little bit. So, like, um, you know, like, so, uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you'll see like new things from it and like that's the risk, but like, you know, you're still having Zelda in name. So, like, it'll do okay for the most part. But like, what, what, but what I mean by like when it get risky, like, like when will they bring back like, you know, maybe an F Zero, maybe a Star Fox skin, something that isn't like highly profane mm. and like do soon. I, it's coming. I think it's coming soon. They're building momentum for sure. Mm. Um, they they got Breath of the Wild two on lock, so it's like, all right, we got like a hundred and fifty million bucks easy. <laughs> like we're gonna make a profit on this one. So like, let's maybe while we're making that, like have something that's gonna come out, come out near it that is a little weirder, a little wackier. So I, I think you could totally see that game soon. Uh, and I think Metroid Prime 4 might be a little bit of that. I'm going to be honest. Because it sounds to me that they were making the safe game, and they were like, this isn't good enough. Right. Uh, and now we're going to make something different. We're going to let Retro do whatever the hell they want. Uh, and that could be something risky. Um, not in the same way, but like the fact that we haven't seen a Metroid game, like an actual Metroid game in literally this entire decade, <laughs> like this whole 10 years. On conflict. Yeah. Like we saw with Samus returns, mm-hmm. right. And then the Federation force, and that's it. Um, and, and like the, the Metroid prime remasters. Um, but, uh, yeah, like that's ten whole years without a Metroid game. So I think Metroid is that, <laughs> like, just by default, it is like this. It's it's in that same echelon. Uh-huh. Uh, Metroid Other M came out within like spitting distance of F Zero GX, and that was like the last one of those. So like, think about where we're at, Navishin. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one has suffered more than Metroid fans. <laughs> uh, it's not true, but 
uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that that could be their risky game. I hope. I think you're right, though. F Zero's coming back. <laughs> Eyes on the prize, 2020. Um, let's uh, let's close out the the conversation by I guess. Do you got you got ten games of the decade? Uh, name, name a few at the very least. Yeah, I can I can, I can name up a few. Um, I'm curious, like what's what are ones that come to your mind? What just I, like for sure, like for games of the decade? Yeah, like so I got a couple. Like if I were to say the game of the decade, if I were just to pick one, it, it's The Witcher Three for me. Um, yeah, like just without a child of a doubt, I think that game did a lot of things that um, benefited video games in in a lot of ways, and like um, it's kind of like how I view view like Metal Gear Solid Three in a way, like um, because I. I feel like there's stuff in Metal Gear Solid 3 that, that no game really does. And, like, it, it almost has never done again. Um, and I kind of feel like the same thing with The Witcher 3. It's just, like, um, um, I mean, obviously, like, like quests are getting better and, like, people are improving on that. But, like, I feel like there's, like, some a personal connection in that game that, like, um, you get from, while playing it with um, Geralt and um, me, Yennefer and Trish and uh, Zoltan and um, Dandelion and all these other characters. And, like, and it's so weird too. Like, it, there's a fucking three in the title, but like, for some reason, it is weirdly more the most accessible like sequel game that I, I've yeah. played. Like, <laughs> and I think that's a that's a certain magic for that game because of that. I like n- now that I've been exposed to more Witcher, like the world of that. I think that's just because of Witcher is like they kind of feel like stories, you know, like independent stories. Mm-hmm. So like even to the the show and the books like it it's expecting you the media itself is expecting you to jump in and have to kind of pick up some details along the way. Uh-huh. So they wrote that game in a in a similar way that is like going back and replaying it recently like it was just great how well it like says that like it, they call you the butcher of Blaviken or, or they call you this or like they they maybe introduce you to the concept of sorceresses or the lodge of sorceresses. Like they they will gently like catch you up throughout the game. It doesn't just it's not front loaded. It just happens naturally in every individual conversation you have, and that's just great storytelling, right? Like like that's just, that's just because they're very good at it, <laughs> you know. So I'm with you. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, other any other big games that, that you can just say like yes, that was that was one of the ones. Uh, like Breath of the Wild for sure. Um, yeah, like that's one that's one that I might say is game of the, the decade. Yeah, for sure. Like um, like it's it's a game that like I I respect a ton. Like it is a Zelda game that um you know because it, because it's a Zelda game I I hardly beat them or <laughs> or get yeah, too exactly. far in them. You wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. I, I mean, it's not really that. It's more just like. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I just had this thing about like beating Zelda games. Like I only beat Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time. Like I don't know why. But like what a two, um, what a two to beat. <laughs> <laughs> but like um like like that's a game like I have like like infinite amount of respect for. Like and I see I see it in that game. Like and like like I under I understand the criticism as far like as far as people as far as like um them you're not, not liking the controls or whatever, but like that game does so much as far as like just the freedom you have in that game. That like, I mean, I, I think that's like an, an objective thing. Like, I think that game does stuff that only that game has done that no other video game do. Like the most triple A, most highest budget. Not even The Witcher does stuff that Breath of the Wild does as far as like yeah. the the freedom and what you can do and like the journey. The journey in that game is just like 
is just like the gameplay and the stuff you can do, the stuff you can discover, and the things that you can just figure out, like how almost everything in that game is a puzzle. Like I think that's I think that's phenomenal what that game does. The the vibes I get from Breath of the Wild are similar to those of Final Fantasy VII Remake of like this is a new generation pushing forward. Like this is what it feels like. And then obviously two different things. One is like they're a new entry in an old franchise. The other is a reimagining of an old entry in an old franchise. Um, but both, I think, have that that special sauce of like. I'm starting to feel like I, I I can notice when a new generation of a team is working on a thing because there is just something fresh in it that you've never seen before, mm. and that is just all over both of those games. I think. Um, and and people might say that's not true about remake, but I I really think it's true, uh, and that's awesome. Uh, another one, uh, Undertale, weirdly always comes to mind. Mm, yes. Um, and it, like that's one that's that's grown, I've I've grown more and more fond of with time. Like it wasn't my game of the year of that year. Now, uh, and it's tough with the the Witcher and whatnot in competition that year. And Life is Strange, but um, I would still I would maybe retroactively make that my game of the year for 2015. It was just like it's such a special game, and and there that's another thing. Like there's been nothing like it since, and mm-hmm. there never really was like anything like it before. So. Uh, that it it gives the player level of agency in an RPG that just just never existed in those kinds of games, right? You're talking about like Chrono Trigger and old school Final Fantasy games, like this is one of them, but with choice in a way that you've never seen it before. Uh, it's cool. Uh, it's obviously delightful and has had such a resounding impact on everything. Yeah, it, um, it's one of those games where like. I I, I heard it. I heard this phrase like sometime this year, and like it broke my brain. It's because like it sounds it's it's a, it's the stupidest thing, but like it, but it's true for this game. I feel like it's a future classic. Whereas yes, like, yes, I've heard this as well. Yeah, it's just something that like you can just tell that like oh I'm I'm in a, I'm in the moment when I play this yes. game and like this is gonna stick with me for like forever type of thing. I feel yeah, it's how I felt like Witcher Three and Breath of the Wild. Also yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So I totally get that. And another one uh, that should never go unmentioned: Persona Four Gold. Yeah. Uh and like part of part of me bringing that up cuz I know it's like a remaster came from 2008 like whatever. Don't even. Don't add me, all right? <laughs> but, but like uh it one it came out again at like the perfect time for that game to make an impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um on a system that like it it pretty much impacted every single person that owned a PlayStation Vita. Like I, I feel like everyone who had one had a Persona 4 Golden. Um, which isn't a lot of people, but it's enough. Uh, and, and like, I know a lot of people that found that game and, and like it, that game found everyone it needed to, you know, like everyone that I wanted to play that game, I think at this point has played it, um, and had like a different kind of takeaway, a different experience for it. Like we even got Scott Guthier to play most of that game, which mm-hmm. is like impressive, you know? Yeah. Um, but like moreover, Persona as a franchise and that game in particular has just influenced so many fucking video games. Like any game with some would be social link system has been influenced by Persona more than likely Persona Four, because uh, it probably came out in the interim between Four and Five. Uh, and it's just the the not even just that, but the storytelling, the the kind of like just the wholesomeness of Persona Four is something that I see a lot more of in games now, mm-hmm. and like this kind of really genuine self-examination that doesn't hold back right like like that game is about accepting like genuinely bad parts about yourself and and kind of 
like selfishness and 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 greed and and hatred and spite like and like recognizing that these are just things that you have to feel like you can't not feel them uh and and the, those interactions carry over so much to the the dialogue with characters of like we we've all seen each other literally at our worst so we can just be each other around one another and like you get such a genuine wholesome group of friends that like feel like they genuinely really love each other like the the writing in that game is something special and i i think it has really transgressed into other things and and has really carried the torch of like hey like me screaming from the rooftops like hey here's why i love these games it's super sweet and make me feel good (laughs) uh and and like it's so cool to see so many people get into five with that and I, i think five is also stellar i just don't know if it like i don't think it had the same cultural impact that persona 4 did um and uh yeah it's that's that's such a special game and that's an early decade one too mm-hmm. well. um yeah and the last of us of course mm-hmm. uh that's you know everyone's talked about that game a lot though i think that's like that's where you recognize uh like naughty dogs just like sheer power <laughs> force of nature as a studio of, like <laughs> man i can't believe somebody made a game that looked and played this good uh, I know. Um, I know. We already said Undertale, but like, what was like the indie game of the generation for you? Probably Spelunky, right? Spelunky, yes, for sure, absolutely. Uh, but I think that that might come out in like 2009. Like the original Spelunky definitely did. Let me sure. Let me double check. Um, Shovel Knight's probably no, 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 no. It was. It was because I joined the show. Uh, yeah, 2012. Yeah. yeah. Yep, you are right. Uh, the original. Like Splunky 1.0, the PC game came out in 2008, hmm. but uh, the Splunky HD, which is the the popular Splunky that we all know and love, is uh 2012 for 360. Yeah, that's definitely one. Like, just talk about a game I've played <laughs> more than pretty much any other video game ever. Uh, and uh, I zero regrets. Like, oh, that, that's a weird one. Like, I've gone back and replayed it a couple times this year. And it's still satisfying, but it's just like, man, I've played so much of this game, and all I want to do is play Splunky 2. <laughs> like, all I, <laughs> with every fiber of my being, like, anytime you see me and Splunky 2 hasn't come out yet, I'm suppressing the urge to want to play Splunky 2. Like, that is, that is how anticipated that game is. If it comes out in March, I swear to God, I'm quitting video games. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, Splunky's big. I think Shovel Knight's one that's going to come up a lot. I don't know if if I would say that's like a one of the top ten indie games of the decade or whatever. But like, it, uh, it's weirdly like an ongoing game that like that that almost seems un- unintentional. And, yeah, and it kind of it's like I don't want to say the war out is welcome, but like it's more like like man, like I wish it's done now. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you had made another game, but like it, it, we understand you're fulfilling your Kickstarter goals and stuff like that. So you know, yeah, but they did it, and you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they learned a lot from that experience. Shovel Knight Dig is like a totally new kind of thing that I'm super stoked about. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see where they go from there. Uh, but yeah, that is like <clears throat> you know, four, three or four expansions, three expansions, four, I guess, if you include the fighting game. For that game, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, any other like big obvious ones? I feel like there are. I'm just not thinking of them. Um, I'm mean, because of Mass Effect Two, but I don't know. <laughs> Mass Effect Two, I think, I think is is worthy. Uh, that was like that. It, it was also like a bombshell in that. You know, in 2010, there were not as many games about choice. 
Um, like we were like in the infamous era of binary video game choices, mm. and like Mass Effect is like this thing that could play out all these different ways. Uh, and I remember it's like the 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 moment of like, have you finished Mass Effect two? Who died? Of like that? Oh, it's such a moment, you know? Like right. Who who lived? Did did anyone die? Did who survived your your suicide run? It was like ah, oh, like, I I was so into that. Honestly, real talk, has there been like another game that does like a suicide run? Like Mass there, Effect 2? I, there for sure has been. I feel like I've thought specifically, oh, okay, like this is kind of like Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. All, none of those games hold a candle because I cannot remember any of them. Because yeah, <laughs> like, I think about that. I was like, why hasn't this like been copied? Like, it's kind of like the uh, the Nemesis system. I was like, why hasn't this been copied like, in other games? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I think it's just like, it is a little bit of a trope, but like they do it so well in Mass Effect 2 that it's like, no qualms about it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they they set the stakes up, like the entire the entirety of Mass Effect One is setting the stakes up for that, right? Like, so you know everything is on the line, and you've had a whole game to appreciate that, and, and you've you've already had sacrifices going into two to like get there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everything was just poised to be as pointing as it possibly could be. Um, that and like just Garrus being there, you know. Just this, everything's on the line, you know? You gotta fight for your friends. Right. Um, Skyrim is probably also another one, I guess. Still, Another ongoing game, still coming out. <laughs> uh, releasing every year on... Uh, certainly will... I cannot imagine there not being a, a PS5 Series X version of Skyrim. Like, not. I'm not even just saying, like, the remaster from the Xbox One PS4 version coming over. They're gonna do it all again. I put out another version. I, I wonder, as an outsider speaking, as someone who hasn't really played Skyrim or you know or, or touched anything like that, but like I wonder, like if that if Skyrim's like kind of like I guess tainted now, not not because of the because he's getting re released. It's more of like how games are viewed now, and like how after like Fallout Four, people were kind of like tired of like the bugs and like Fallout seventy six was like a whole other thing like like the bottom completely falling out and so like 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 i'm just wondering if like oh if, if it's fond memories of skyrim still or is this like kind of like oh god type at of this thing. point it's not but i think that's just because the narrative around bethesda has shifted mm-hmm. uh a lot and i think that that hurts it i got i so i <laughs> i'm having trouble thinking of some and i feel bad already so i pulled up a, a list of of possible contenders uh that maybe we can talk through mm-hmm. um but Journey was one for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, Journey's a big one for me personally. Portal Two also. This decade, can you imagine? It's 2011. Yeah. What a crazy time. Uh, that's another same. super great one. Super Mario Galaxy Two is 2010. Um, the entirety of the Dark Souls series and Bloodborne and Sekiro. Uh, of those, I'd probably depending on the day you asked me, I'd, I'd put up Bloodborne or Sekiro. Bloodborne more likely just because it's more influential. Like I feel like more people play that. You know, those, those Souls games are like weirdly like very, very old video game as far as like um how how often got released. It's kind of like how Jack and Daxter had like a game like almost every year, every other year, or Ratchet had a game yeah. every other every year. <laughs> it's always the same things. Like at least feels like that from like from those farm software games. It's just like. Um, and weirdly enough, like, no one really got tired of that genre, in a way. They, I mean, like, they, they had enough to mix it up, but, like, between Dark Souls 2 and 3 was Bloodborne, right? Between mm-hmm. Bloodborne, between Dark Souls 
three, I mean, three being the last one, I guess, but, like, after that was Sekiro and Nexus Elden Ring, right? Like, and Sekiro is obviously a very different game, and we imagine Elden Ring's going to be pretty different as well, so. They, they, they mix it up, you know? They, it's, it, they're similar structures, but with different enough changes, I think that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Divinity Original Sin 2, worth a mention. Uh, I never played it because it was too intimidating, but I know so many people love it. Um, Bayonetta 2, also. Very much, very good. Uh, that, it's, it's funny to think of, like, if you had to put one character action game now, would you probably put DMC5 over Bayonetta 2? Um, objectively, but, like, Bayonetta 2 is still my favorite, um, it's my favorite action game. It's still more fun, and and I get Bayonetta more than, like, Dante and Nero and the rest of them, um, as a sure. character itself. Um, I like I will still recommend Bayonetta two over something like Devil May Cry because Devil Devil May Cry sound like car mode compared to like the Bayonetta games, where you can like literally play that game one handed, um, because uh, they have like a accessibility as far as that um that game more than like Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is a it's a gamer game, I guess you would say, <laughs> like because like, <laughs> man, it gets it gets difficult when you want it, when it wants to be. So, um, the. Uh, Destiny series also all happened this last decade. Mm. Uh, Destiny two, I would, you know, if I had a personal list, I would say definitely one of my games of the decade. Is it? Is it? Is it weird for you that like that's your Final Fantasy fourteen? It is so weird. <laughs> you saw you saw the mess at the beginning, and then you grew with it as it grew. I, I know, and, and I you can like, never go a, back. I can't like undo it. Like I've I've locked hearts with Destiny. It is so weird. I never thought I would have that relationship with a game. Exactly. But the thing is, I'm so happy that I do. Mm-hmm. Like I like now, like all the all of those people playing fucking Rainbow Six Siege. I'm like, I don't understand, but I understand. You know, like, I do get it, but I don't get it. Uh, and I I love being a part of like that community and like being a like having my Destiny friends that like always play and I message them and be like hey like how's it going like what's what's new in in the world of Destiny you know I and I like having that group that I can rely on to like okay when the new expansion comes out we're all gonna raid together like I've never had that before it's so exciting um, and like in a big way like Destiny opened me up to multiplayer games. In just ways I'd never experienced. Like, before Destiny, before, like, a lot of that, like, I never, you know, I never played Borderlands with anyone. I never played Borderlands because I didn't have anyone to play with. I I played Call of Duty, you know? I I played competitive first-person games online. That's really all I played with with the occasional this or that. But, like, Destiny is an RPG. It's an MMO. Yeah, so it it opened you up to co-op more than anything than, Mm -hmm. like, you just played multiplayer by yourself. Yeah, and I, I've played a lot of more co-op since I played the first Destiny, and I've played with people just side-by-side, side, like stuff like me and Jacob going through and playing Dead Space 3 and uh, the A Way Out and all these all of our dumb co-op games, like our weird co-op adventure, and Andrew and I playing uh, Resident Evil 5 and all that, and, and like me just hanging out watching him play Resident Evil 7. Like Destiny is a big part of that for me as a whole. I, I really think so, and, and I'm super thankful to be a part of that community, to be able to have watched that game grow and like get even better than it, I think it already was, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's interesting because like when you think about last generation, like co op was like the thing. You know, like you think about Left for Dead and like Gears of War three, where it had like up to like four players like playing at once. And like for some reason, this generation didn't really have too much of that. 
And like Destiny was like a torch for that. Siege was one, a ball for a while, I guess you would say. It's, but it's like... those living games that that really had the communities around it that I think brought people together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's awesome. Like I, again, I don't necessarily like playing online games as much as single player games. I'm more of a single player guy, but to have like my own personal creative outlet for that is like I'm so thankful for it, and I'm so thankful to everyone I got to play Destiny with. Mm-hmm. And like that was also like. Tony and I hanging out like that was our hangout game for so long and and you know we do other stuff now now we watch uh, he showed me a dramatic uh film version of Papers Please and we watched that together so like we uh, I don't know if I said this to you but it's really incredible um so we'll do different things now together but like that was a big part of that and uh yeah I don't know I, I've made a lot of friends through Destiny and I'm so I just I love that game so much <laughs> you're totally right I'm like I'm I'm just on the I can't I can't be against Destiny. <laughs> like, I, I feel trapped, but also I'm like there of my own volition. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Destiny's, I, yeah, it's a call out for me. Uh, there, there were ten Call of Duty games that came out in the last ten years. Also, <laughs> just want to <laughs> throw it out there. Uh, I don't think any of them necessarily deserve to be mentioned, but it's worth worth mentioning that there were ten of them. Um, any other big games? Any other indie games? I feel like we're 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 leaving out to dry some some indie games. Yeah. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch and Hollow Knight? Two incredible, like generation defining video games. Like they they are of that quality. I think uh, Life is Strange and Life is Strange Two. Like man, I like. I'm trying to think of like we did that. Did we do a spoiler cast you and me about Life is Strange Two or Life is Strange One? Nomination? No. I think, I think so. we we did talk about it though. We definitely did. Um, and like I, I remember this because you were like you you told me like I knew exactly what I was playing this whole game to do was the, the choice at the end. <laughs> and and I was like, okay, I respect that, but also like I've never had more of an internal conflict than I did at the end of that game, right? Like, right. And it's so amazing how they recreated that in Life is Strange Two without spoiling it, spoiling either game for anyone listening, but like. Me sitting at the final decision of Life of Streams One is like I do not know what to do, and I like it was it was one of those things where like I almost wanted to ask someone like help me <laughs> like I help me make this choice because I can't like I was so I was so torn, uh, and they just man imagine making a game that is that good <laughs> like <laughs> like I feel like where the choices that they give you are that soul crushing like completely altering your whole world and like. Also, like, a game where I wanted to make the quote-unquote bad choice, right? And I, I don't think of it that way. I want to be clear. Like, I don't necessarily think I made the morally corrupt choice. I refuse to believe that, uh, being the kind of way I am. Not necessarily stubborn, but just, like, seeing the good in all people. Um, and, but, like, it, from the outsider in or, or from somebody on the other side of the fence, I think that's what, what people would say. And I think that's... Mm. That's so cool, man. It, it's so weird too, dude. Because like, like that decision in, in Life of Strange One, like I, I don't, I don't regret it for a second. But like, that's so the opposite of me as far as like almost everything, everything else in the facets of my life. It do something that's selfish. Um, but for some reason, when I played that game, like it was just like, it, it, it has to be this. Like, there's no other way. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. weird thing. And like. 
That game made me experience that. That's what I'm, that's, man. I'm not, but, like, but I've never experienced anything else in a video game like that. Yeah, like, yeah. A game has never made me feel that way, and that's so cool. It's so powerful, you know. Mm-hmm. I, we we were like fucking on the end of that string from Donut. Like they were just dragging us along, and like we were there for it. Mm-hmm. And I like the. The, the the beauty of Life is Strange and, like, the reason why I would say it is, like, worthy of being a game of the decade is that it, like, makes you empathize with characters that you didn't think that you could empathize with. Right. Uh, and, like, Life is Strange 2 does that a lot. <laughs> um, and, and one, it's a little bit more subdued. It's a little bit more subtle. But, like, they made you just feel things that you had never felt. Like, it challenges you that only very specific social situations in real life, I think, ever will... And they give you a taste of that in a video game, and that's so cool. Undertale, I think, does a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, of like, you know, hey, these are the these are people that the world calls monsters, but like, you know, you decide. Uh, I, I just like that. Real quick, um, I'm just want to know your your feeling on it. Like, um, as far as the next generation and, and indie games, like, do you th- do you I like. Honestly, I feel at this point where video games are at now, even though like something is labeled indie, like I just don't, I just don't think that way anymore. I just think of them as just regular video games now. So like, they're just smaller games. Like it's small games and big games. I think is really all it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand that, but it's like it, at the at the same time, it's like you know, like when Sony had like the indie showcase and showing all these developers on stage and stuff like that. And it's like. You know, at that time, it's like, oh, okay, these were games I, I would never see before, mm-hmm. like on a, on a stage. So, like, that's a really cool thing. But now I'm at the point now where it's like, not that I see them all the time, but like, I guess they're so part of something I already look at in general. So, like, I don't really think of indie stuff. I, I and like, and, and I, I realize that like I'm I'm being ignorant with this because like that's why you need like the kind of funny showcase. That's why you need Nintendo Indie World is like to show off these things that you wouldn't recognize or see because like. The big, the bigger players don't necessarily put these in front of you, but like at the same time, though, like, like I guess, it, I guess, it, in my way, or at least in my head canon, in my mind's eye, I this is a form of respect I'm giving um, indie games now. Whereas, like, yeah. I, I feel like you're on the same level as like fucking Days Gone or something like that. Like a game that that didn't really that wouldn't speak to me at all, but like. Tell me why is like one of my most anticipated games for next year because like it's 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 a video game that like I'm I'm wanna I wanna look into and like get into and then like don't not may not be an anti developer or whatever but like I I I feel is I feel I feel like they're all on the same level for me now and I I think that's a cool thing yeah I like and I, by small games and big games I just mean like the small games is not just indie and then like those medium second like five oh five published games right like. It is, it is like everything now, uh, and now it's just like here's a game like God of War where somebody threw a lot of money at it, or here's a game like A Plague Tale that's just a cool game, right? Like, mm. doesn't necessarily have the same financial backing, but it looks very well, looks very good, and runs well, and is one of those. It's an indie game, you know. Because uh, so I kind of feel know. like video games are like at a point now, or like I said, this must be might be an, an ignorant thing to say, but like um um. That you can do what you want with it. Like, there's, there's nothing to stop you. The only thing that's stopping you is your imagination or something like that. So you can make a satisfying ending. And, like, even, even if you have half the budget, um, you know, just, like, work with what you got and, like, just make the good thing. You know, like, 
like a night in the woods is like one of my favorite games ever and like um is not pushing the boundaries or anything or anything but like you would say the story is kind of pushing the boundaries for what it is and like they showcase it in a really interesting and kind of unique way that i really enjoy and really love and um you know like i will put that above like god of war or something like that you know that's, that's like yeah that's... It, like i don't know i think there's there's room for that i like indies have just the, the, it's weird because I it, it, in, I'm of two minds, right? Like both they have like way lower expectations coming into it, right? Mm-hmm. And they can wow you in ways that you just never expected because indie games tend to have a, a way of repackaging the impact of like bigger games in a smaller box because they have to. But also like I think there's like a pedigree of like, oh, this is some indie game. Like it's supposed to be very good. Like I, I think you can have the wrong mentality about it. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, of like, oh, I've heard Gone Home is so good. Like, let's see what this is all about. You know, <laughs> like nodding, like shaking your head, kind of like wagging your finger mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and I, I hate to do that. I hate, I like, I'm certainly that that kind of cynicism. I think ruins indie games. Um, so if if you just look at it face value of like, this is just a game, right? Somebody just worked a smaller team than you're used to, probably, or maybe just one person worked really hard on this. Uh, let's see what it could do. Like. I more and more people are are all about like not necessarily how well a game does something but or like it's the wrong way to say it but like the bigness of it but like how how like the precision of it right sure uh if if an indie game can hit on a very specific thing very well in only a way like the people that made it could it's going to hit better than like a huge game about a father son that like hits a lot of the broad strokes that might not necessarily apply to everyone. You know what I mean? I, I like, I, that's what I think at least. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I think about like, like we should wrap this up. We're talking forever, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, sorry, we're having a good conversation. Yeah. But like, like give me, to give you an example of exactly that, like look at the, this is a father son relationship that dragon cancer versus uh God of war. Right. Like, mm-hmm. The, the like one is like way smaller story, right? It is way more precise of like this kid that was born with cancer, he's going to die, and you are his father, and you just kind of have to experience what that is like. Versus one that is like insurmountable odds, over the top production, this world faring journey that's really cool. It's just like for a lot of people, I think the more specific story that is way more intimate, uh, and maybe doesn't have as many touchstones or as many broadly relatable concepts, you're going to find something more there just because it is, like, it's just such a specific thing, you know? Yeah. And, like, and, and like what I feel like with any games, too, is, like, they have, like, almost the benefit, I would say, is just, like, them, you know, doing what they want and, like, not really having, like, to worry about, like, certain things. Like, we can just have gay characters in our in our game and like no one will bat an eye because like we don't have to worry about like a quota or reaching a certain demographic. We can just do what we can instead of like having the one gay character in the background and like have them kiss and it's like, yep, we did our quota so like no one will get offended by us or something like that. It's like, no, this is like this is what our game is, this is what we speak to and this this is who people are. And it's like we don't have to like fill a quota. We can just do our game and like and like, cause this is what, these are people. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's like funny. The more people make a game, the less it feels like it was made by people. The less people that make a game, the more it feels like it was made by people. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's just true of everything. Like the more people get their hands on it, that that message just gets lost and lost and lost. Uh, but that's so true, right? Like you you are you are conversing with it's it's like having a conversation with three people versus having a conversation with ten people at the same time, right? Like, right. You're just you're just gonna get it more, I think. Uh, or at least people that are listening, people like you and me, and a lot of other people out there that are listening and, and they want to hear what folks have to say uh, and how they have to say it, like, they're going to get it. So uh, I'm really excited to see if, like, things are just going to be available on everything going forward um, and, and just available to more people and more things that come on Game Pass that people will try out just to try out. And again, if more people have an Xbox and more people are exposed to Game Pass, all these little indie games that people are just kind of checking out on it, Game Pass are going to make a bigger splash, and I'm just really excited for, to see a generation where that's like a huge part of it, you know? Yeah, I, I just want to say this one last thing, and then I'll, I'll drop it. At, um, but like, <laughs> I'll, I'll no, let it go. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Then I'll stop talking. Um, but like, I hope with um, I hope with Game Pass and even PlayStation Plus and Games to Go for the, for that matter. It's like, um, I hope we as a society don't get to a point where it's like um you know it's free so like we don't have to like we we don't really feel the need to test it out or try it out or stuff like that you know like i remember i I am kind of still this way too like games i get for free on playstation plus i don't even like hit add to library because i don't want to clutter my system (laughs) or something like that just because of that and like I I hope we don't like i hope like with game passes like that it will actually make that we don't take it for granted exactly yeah, I got you. I'm totally with you. Mm. I'm hopeful. It's hard when, the, when it's like 100 plus games, but I'm yeah. hopeful. Exactly. Um, thanks everybody for listening to us ramble on about old generations, the next generation. I like that we talked a lot about the, the next generation in this one, and we talked a lot about the old one mm-hmm. uh, in the last one. It was good. Um, if, you, if you like this, if you like Nobish and I just chat and let us know uh, on Twitter at alfighter 27s me at Nobish186. Option. Um, uh, let us know what you want us to chat about. We like. I'm I'm down for us to do these conversations more often going forward. Um, but if you haven't, you should listen to our top fifty games conversation. Um, what was the other, and our gaming history conversation is very good. Um, go listen to both of those. And um, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, subscribe to IP Presents. Follow Rational Passions, Rational Pod, and uh, be kind to each other. <laughs>